I had an affinity for technology my whole life. And I ended up leveraging my career in sales to running sales teams for startups. It is what led me to my idea with Howdy, where we help connect amazing, talented individuals from all over the world with awesome US tech companies. As of December of 2022, it was valued at over $100 million. But in April of 2020, I had $400 to my name. It was a ghost town for two and a half years. And then it took off. But that's five years, right? There is so much content out there that's all about you know, don't wait till it's perfect, get it out. And I'm going to be your contrarian voice to say, it's okay to wait, calm down. It's going to work out. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is actually someone who shares ancestry with me. She is a fellow Iranian. And she is also a dynamite, kick-ass entrepreneur in the technology space. She has married a passion for folks who believe in the American dream with technology, with people, and built a multi-million dollar company. And she is on her way to creating a powerful thought leader brand. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one. The only, the legendary Jacqueline Samira. Welcome to the show, Jacqueline. <laughs> Nikki, I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Very, very excited to be here. My pleasure. My pleasure. So Jacqueline, um, people who listen to this show are society's greatest heroes. They're the men and women who have a dream and they go after that dream. And through entrepreneurship, they make the world a better place. Their products, their services are the ones that drive the human race forward. And they listen to this show because they want to be inspired and they want to learn some actionable tips and strategies that they can take into their business and, dare I say it, even into their lives. But they hear from me every week. They're not here to hear from me. They're here to hear from you. But before they can open themselves up to you, they got to get to know you. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Jacqueline Samira? <laughs> oh, that's so, that's so, so funny. I uh, actually, it's so funny. You know, whenever you look backwards, it looks like a straight line from where you went, where you were to where you are. Uh, but it, along the way, it felt like a very bumpy journey where I felt lost many, many times. Mm -hmm. um, I remember I graduated uh, college with a degree in economics because I wanted to get into investment banking. And uh, of course, in 2008, if, if you guys can remember, that's when we had that huge housing crisis and banks were failing. And at the time, no one in banking was hiring a graduate with no experience. Mm -hmm. So as luck would have it, I ended up moving out to New York City just to be at the financial center. And I got a job in sales because that was the only thing that was hiring. It was basically you eat what you kill. And so I started my career thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so behind. I am not going to have 
any, like everybody that graduated before me that got jobs and everybody that's graduating after me that are getting amazing jobs. I'm going to be like years behind them. Anyways, it was actually the best thing that ever happened to me because I got into sales and I learned something so fundamental to business, which is just how to work with people, how to communicate with people. The job I had was doing consultative selling. I had to learn all of their pains, their struggles, their pain points and see, hey, is this the solution that could work for them? I ended up doing really good at that. Um, I got promoted with that company. I was there for six years. They moved me out to Austin, Texas. And at the time there was this emerging tech scene happening here. And uh, I had an affinity for technology my whole life. And I ended up leveraging my career in sales to running sales teams for startups. And that's how it all began. And I started to see all the problems that were going on in the world of, of tech. And it is what led me to my idea with Howdy, where we help connect amazing, talented individuals from all over the world with awesome U.S. tech companies. Yeah, that's pretty darn cool. So, you know, sales is a place where a lot of people end up, you know, because a lot of people are scared of sales. Let's be honest. Let's just lay it out on the table. Here's what they think. They think, oh, I don't want to be one of those pushy sales guys or sales gals. I don't want to be seen as one of those slimy, fuller blush type salespeople that's just going to push somebody. No, no, no. I don't want to do that. Right. So they avoid sales. There's such a negative connotation associated with selling. And here is the truth. If most people really understood what sales was, truly in their heart understood what it was, they would embrace it because in my opinion, sales is an act of deep love and deep service. And I'm just wondering if that was an epiphany that came to happen for you. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, I remember thinking as I was learning about sales, I was like, wow, this is incredible. This is powerful. And it's really all about, like, I, I actually trained myself to think about it a little bit differently. I was like, wow, this is really just, it's a math equation. There's all of these variables. And so if you solve for all the variables, then you've solved the equation. And so whenever I would meet with folks and I'm trying to figure out all of their pain and I'm trying to figure out what's going on, I just thought to myself, does my company have a solution that's going to fix these pain points? And if so, this is this is exciting. This is amazing. Look, I'm here to solve all of your problems. And if it's not, it's there's no hard feelings, no hard feelings whatsoever. And so truly at the end of every single day, you felt really accomplished because you're just helping all of these folks out. And then on the other side of it, this is the other thing that like really blew my mind is it can be so lucrative. So you get what you put into it. And I don't think there's a lot of jobs out there that really match your effort with your reward as true as a career in sales do. So yes, I think the way that you uh, symbolized it as deep love and deep service is exactly right. It was, it was, can we be the savior to other problems? Can we be the solution to their problems? And the stigma comes where people were trying to mismatch solutions with problems. And I think if you're really okay with saying, you know what, we're not going to be all things to all people, then you've hit gold. Yeah. Hundred percent. You know, it's 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 funny that you say that. Like growing up, I'm I'm an immigrant from Iran, as I as you know, and my father was an entrepreneur. He was a businessman. He imported medical supplies and equipment to Iran, and he equipped the hospitals there. Right. 
So it, it was an incredible thing that he did. Like he would bring in hospital beds, hospital laundry equipment, surgical supplies, you know, surgical instruments, Amazing. you name it, anything and everything. So he equipped hospitals, uh, laboratories, and like university medical departments. And dad, when I was a kid, would come to me and say to me, son, life isn't about money. And he was successful. Like he had money. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what, Dad, what are you talking about? Like money makes so many things possible. He goes, yeah, that's true. All that's true. But he said, life is about people. He said, business isn't even about money. It's about people. He said, that man, that woman who's sitting across the table from you, that's someone's mom, that's someone's dad, that's someone's wife, that's someone's husband, someone's daughter, someone's son, someone's sister, someone's brother. That's a hero to somebody. And that's somebody who has hopes, dreams, aspirations, fears, disappointments. And maybe even someone like you once came and sold something to them, sold something to them right. that really they didn't deliver on. And so they're they're like a little nervous and scared that am I going to run into this other charlatan marketer, this person who knows how to say all the right things and it's going to sound great and you know, today, like I, 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 the social media influencer comes to mind, you know, when, when I talk about this, right? And yet, when it comes down to it, they don't deliver. There's no result. There's no nothing. And he said, here's your job, son. If you get into business and you, you need to, you sell, you got to change that person's view of the human race by showing them that not everybody's like that. And man, you know, my dad was like, my dad was so loved. Like if he knew you and you were looking for work, he'd go find you a job. He would like call people until he got you a job. If you were trying to start a business, he'd like sit down with you, give you all his advice. He'd even find you people that had access to capital, things like that. And this is the craziest part, right? And I know you know this because of your, your mom in Iran. This won't sound crazy to you, but it, it sounds crazy to like a lot of people in North America. If he knew you and you were trying to buy a car, a house, an apartment, and you didn't have enough money and the bank wouldn't give you enough, he'd step in and top you up so you could buy the car, the house, or the apartment. He did this dozens upon dozens of times for people, right? And and he was the greatest salesman. Like he would go in and ask for the business. Like no qualms about it. If it was the right thing, if it was the wrong thing to do, he'd never do it. Like you said, right? Yeah. He'd back away. If it was the right thing to do, he'd ask for it. And and then when I learned this, I thought, yeah, I, I got no problem asking people to sell. That's because I'm okay with a no. I love no as an answer. Most people can't handle a no. They freak out. They go, oh, they said no to me. That must mean they hate me. No, they don't hate you. They just said no to you. That doesn't even mean it's a permanent no. It just means it's no at the moment. You might go back to them in three months and maybe whoever they decided to go with instead of you, excuse my language, you know, screwed the pooch and you got another opportunity with them, right? No's a good answer. So I'm just wondering what your answer. thoughts are, right? It is, isn't it? Your dad sounds amazing. It's what? exactly right. It's exactly right. And anytime I've ever done anything for other people, it's always come back to me. Anytime I've ever done something for myself, it's never worked out. And so I've had just 18 years of understanding that the more you do for others, the more you receive for yourself, the more you do for yourself, the less you receive. And um, as far as what you're saying with no, yeah, no, no is the best answer. Actually, so 
we were fortunate enough. Howdy was a part of Y Combinator, which is this very prominent uh, accelerator that also backed Dropbox and Airbnb and all of the major tech companies. And so we're lumped in together with them. And they put you through this like three weeks, or excuse me, three months of intense, intense entrepreneurship, training, coaching, mentorship, you name it. And they have some of the brightest minds in tech come and educate you and mentor you. And you want to know what it was Mm. for three months? It was a three-month boot camp on teaching software engineers how to sell. That was it. Like everything they taught in Y Combinator for the most part was here's how you sell your product. Because there is this like illusion that if you have this amazing product, it's just going to sell itself. And if you build it, they will come, which is total BS. BS. And so the folks that are behind some of the biggest tech companies in the world, they went through this program that taught founders how to sell. And it's everything that we've talked about. And a lot of times people like, I mean, not even a lot of times, Mm -hmm. 99% of the time people are stigmatized by sales. And you're right. Like following up and just getting them to say no is the best thing you can do because what and what ends up happening is people will send one email, they'll make one phone call, they'll do one thing and they'll say, oh, they didn't, I didn't hear from them. It's a no, it's a whatever. And what you don't realize is like people are busy. busy. People have their own lives. They have their own struggles. They have their own issues. They have their own pain points. They have their own fires. They have their own everything. And especially entrepreneurs, especially founders, they tend to get busier because they have so much on their plate. So a lot of times you're doing them a favor by being top of mind, by following up, by waiting for them to get a no. And the reason why it's such a great answer is because then it's just like you checked it off the list. Now you no longer have to follow up with that person. Move on to the next person that might want to work with you. Exactly. I love no's for that reason. So, um, you know, I'm 55 years old. Okay. I've been around the block and uh, I've probably forgotten more about sales than most people are ever going to know. Okay, just candidly, right? And I made a decision that I'm going to be a beginner in the subject of persuasion, a beginner. So there's two books that I'm working with and reading right now. This is um, by the late, great Stefan Arneo, The Close, Seven Level Selling. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Stefan Arneo. He died in 2020 at the very young age of 33, and he kind of looked like Jesus. So it's kind of wild that uh, they died at the same age in life and he, he, his most famous book is called Hard Times Create Strong Men, and he ran two multi-million dollar companies when he died, okay? But this is his views on selling, the, the close seven-level selling. So it's a great book. Um, and then here's the other book that I'm reading right now. It's mm, nice. Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion with Robert Cialdini. So here's what you may not know. I interviewed Robert Cialdini three weeks ago, and his episode drops tomorrow. So the number one persuasion thought leader in the world is going to be on the thought leader revolution, which is kind of cool. I like it. That's kind of on brand for us to have him on. And I got to tell you what he shared. Make sure you listen to tomorrow's episode because okay. I know you're going to love it. Like you can get your whole team to listen to it. Say you guys, because he dropped some stuff on there. That's not even in this book. It's in the new edition of his books. You just got to listen to what he has to say around that. But I'm like, I want to sell at a higher level. I the last five, six, seven years, I've been selling what we do primarily to other coaches and consultants. And then I started to really see that what we do actually applies to founders and CEOs. I studied Steve Jobs, I studied Patrick Bet David, I studied you, you know, um 
Michael Dell. I studied Richard Branson. I studied all these top level folks, right? In business, in entertainment and so forth. These folks understand thought leader, founder level branding at a level that a coach or a consultant can't even comprehend, in my opinion. But okay, I got to start selling the coach to consultant. Now, I used to sell the CEOs. I was in high technology. I called on CEOs all the time and I'd run a few masterminds uh, and I had a high level mastermind of folks, you know, which we charged like 50 grand a year for and I had 10 members in it, right? So I'm used to selling the CEOs. I just haven't been doing a lot of it lately. And I thought, this is what I want to do. I want to start relearning what it takes to sell to a CEO. It's been so long that I'm a beginner. I don't know nothing. So it's time to go back, start having some conversations with CEOs, folks like yourself and founders, and start reading books like this. And then I've got a coach, his name is Mark Von Muser. He's, he, I'm his one and only one-on-one -on -one client. He used to be Tony Robbins' director of coaching and training. Mark is the world's number one heart-based sales expert. Number one, bar none. He's created billions in sales for people, and he's now working for another top thought leader. And I've said, Mark, treat me like I know nothing. We're going to start from scratch about everything that's going on. And I say to people right now, it's 2023. The world is crazy right now. It's been crazy since March 2020. And it's probably not going to not be crazy anytime soon. You better get humble and you better understand people want to do business and need to do business. So you better get good at persuasion. That is a message that I want to bring to the world. Get good at persuasion and get good at creating your thought leader brand. What are your thoughts on all that? Oh gosh, I mean, I it is it, it couldn't be more true. I would say that more so than ever when it comes to persuasion, we are filled with so much noise out there. There's so much marketing noise and Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. All of these folks, they've got our algorithm, they've got us pegged. I don't care what you're trying to do to protect yourself or protect your privacy, you're you're just getting walking billboards left and right. So what does that do for businesses trying to get in front of people? It makes it really, really hard. What does it do for people to try and get in front of people? It makes it really, really hard. And so what I'm starting to see actually is this movement back towards these micro communities that we used to have, but not so much like not even having to be in person, seeing it online. LinkedIn is having a renaissance like I've never seen before. And a lot of people are moving there. A lot of people are creating these communities. And the thing that I've seen from like those that are the most persuasive are those that are sharing the most knowledge and giving the most insight and helping folks. It's it's kind of like that whole old adage, the rising tide raises all boats because people want to be right. People want to be connected to that. People want to be near that. People want to learn. They want to receive value. And then what ends up happening is it naturally piques our curiosity to find out, hey, what is that person on this other side? This person that's given me so much value, what is it that they're doing? And then they go and they look and they see, and it's like, wow, that thing that they're doing, they've never even talked about it once. And here is this thing I really, really need. Rather than like looking at these seven other companies that are advertising to me, I'm going to go to the guy that gives me the most value. So like the way I think of persuasion is it's kind of having a 180 um, impact right now where like, what can you give to others to help them before you start to seek what you can share that's going to help you? Yeah, I think that's really important. And honestly, um, it's funny you mentioned that, right? Like in our podcast, right? Um, we we're up to 460 plus episodes for the thought leader revolution right now it's kind of nuts Amazing. right um 
And, you know, for the longest time, we had no, not even a mild promotional thing in our episode. If you go back to our older, older episodes, there's nothing there. It's just like all content. And then I just thought, you know, we should tell people, hey, listen, if you want to talk about your business, go click on this link. And that's it. But we don't, we don't do like a big cut the podcast in half in the middle and do like a three minute advertisement for us. We, just, yeah. we don't do that. At the end of the show, I say this, I say, look, if your business is at a certain stage and you need help, go to this website, click on this link. Happy to have a chat with you. It's really soft. It's not even like, yeah, run, come on guys, anything like that. Most of the episode is pure content. I think I sent you like one of our short episodes last week, yep. right? I mean, you saw yeah, the, the yeah. three forms of capital and, and all that. And like, I sent that to about a hundred people by text, just saying, Hey guys, I think that you might like this. Like you would not believe how many people came back to me and said, that was really good. That was really good. Like I had CEOs say that was on point. One dude said, I need to have a call with you. So <laughs> I didn't ask for it. He says, can we do a call? I had a call with him that day and we're not going to do anything anytime soon. It was really clear from the conversation that that's not kind of where he was at. But boy, what he said to me at the end of the call was like, I've never had anybody be so straight up with me. You know, like everybody just wants to tell me what I want to hear so they can get the business right. They want the sale. He says, I've never had anybody just say, because he was like trying to say, well, I don't know. I think I'm going to need I said, look, dude, here's what I just told him. I said, look, dude, be okay with saying no to me, man. Saying like, I don't want to do anything right now. I would love to hear those words out of your mouth. He said, yeah, I don't know, but I don't want to upset you. And I'm like, <laughs> he says, the only thing that's going to upset me is if you give me a load of bull and make me follow up with you five times, that'll upset me. That'll waste my time, right? But if you tell me right now, just right now is this was a great conversation. No, I'm not. I'm a no at the moment or I'm a no forever. Either one. I'm right. Be so happy. And I said, and also remember what I told you, because in the next week or two, he's trying to sell something pretty big to a bunch of people. You're going to have somebody do what you're doing to me, to you. And you're going to think to yourself, crap, I wish they'd just give me a straight answer, right? You're going to go there. And you know, whether you're a Christian, a Muslim, Jew, Jewish, Hindu, there is a law that goes something like this. What goes around comes around. You don't want to be treated a certain way. Don't treat people that way. So share more, share more. Tell me more about this wonderful journey you've taken that made you such an incredible salesperson and helped you build a multi-million dollar company. Yeah, so I, gosh, so when I started the company, I wanted to do everything that <laughs> I did everything that I I wanted to do and I didn't do anything that previous leaders of mine had ever done. And I always say to young kids that are aspiring to be founders, go and work for people. Go and work for people because you're going to learn everything that you hate. And you're going <laughs> to learn ways not to treat people, you're going to wait learn ways not to build things, you're going to learn everything that you could ever imagine by just looking and observing others who are doing it before you. Now, if you are lucky and you get to work for someone truly exceptional, then you're going to learn all the right ways to do things too. And uh, so when we started, when I started Howdy, it was really important to me to really focus on delivering something exceptional. 
I think in the world of startups, there is this idea, like get it out there, get it in front of people as fast as possible. And then like, let your customers like give you feedback, quick feedback. So you can iterate, iterate, iterate. And it's like, yes, that's true. But if you build unintentionally, and if you build without really understanding what you're trying to put out into the world, one, what ends up happening is you're going to take feedback and you're going to build a Frankenstein of a product. And when you build a Frankenstein of a product, it's only going to really work for one or two or three people. And it's not going to have this ability to scale. And so I just like, for me, I was like, let me work with one or two people. If I get this right for one or two people, then there's going to be other people that are going to like this as well. And other people are going to be happy as well. And so when I first started out, it was really important to me that I told people like, I don't share what we're doing. Like, let me help you. Let me nail this for you before we go and let other folks uh, know what's going on. And it took me about a year. And at about a year, I felt a lot more comfortable saying, okay, now you can tell. You can tell folks that I'm here and I'm, I'm helping folks with this. And so I think that that was a true gift. And part of that gift was just knowing and seeing and observing us going to market too soon. And there is so much content out there that's all about you know, don't wait till it's perfect, get it out. And I'm going to be your contrarian voice to say, it's okay to wait. If you have the funds, if you can afford it, make sure that you have something that at least one person likes, because what's going to end up happening is your vision's not going to be clear. Your product roadmap's not going to be clear. None of these things are going to be clear. And so once you get a customer or a prospect that is offering a lot of money, they're going to get to dictate your product roadmap. And that is absolutely something you cannot do. That's actually really interesting advice. I mean, I'm listening to it and thinking to myself, wow, I don't hear that very often in your space, in the space of technology. In fact, never. <laughs> Let's be never. honest. Never. Never hear that. That's the first time I've heard it. I've heard it in other industries, but it, it it can make sense. You know, it's important to get some things going and out there and get your business going. Yet it's important to make sure that when you're delivering something, you're delivering something good, delivering something great, something that's going to make a difference for people. Because you do that, the program's going to grow. That's really good. 100%. That's yeah. really good. You know, I, in addition to my business, I run a men's organization, right? I believe we're living in a really crazy time right now. Um, there are forces out there that I think are dumping on men and manhood and masculinity, like 24-7, 365. They're calling, you know, traditionally being a good man, being toxic, bad, and wrong. Like, I'm not talking about, like, you know, idiots who behave stupidly or that should be called out. But I'm just talking about men who do their duty and work and, you know, go take care of their family and their society and their community and that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of confused men out there. So we started a, 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 an organization. We call ourselves the Sovereign Man uh, Organization. We run programs for men and we're just an antidote to that. We help men shape up, be stronger, um, and we don't baby them, right? We, we treat them in a way to get them going. And we brought a lot of men into this. So we started last January and men have come and gone. And then there's, there's been like a core group that stuck it out with us. And I just started to like, think to myself, you know, we've had a lot of turnover and some of it's warranted, but I'm just wondering, could we do certain things better? So I, I said, okay, let me, let me bring in the elders in the group. See, these are men that are a little bit older, successful, you know, successful marriages. Like I wanted a man there who's had like a really great long-term successful marriage. That's an important thing. Man with a long-term successful business. We want to have someone like that in the group. You know, a man with long-term, an older man with great health, right? Like, so we, we created a little bit of what we call an, 
board of advisors, right? We call it a high council. And I started to like take advice from these men on what to do. And man, it was awesome because they thought of stuff I never would have thought of. And we started to just iterate, get better and move it on. And, you know, it's a small organization right now. We're like 15 people at the moment. But I'm thinking that there's going to be a time where we're going to we're going to be able to like get all of this sorted out and we're going to have 50 men and then 100 and then 1,000 and then 10,000 because I aim to change the world. That is like an important mission for me. I aim to change the world. I, I, I aim to, you know, help men feel good about being men in the world. And I think that's going to help us create a great society as well. And what you said right now, I never articulated it the way that you just did right now. But I think it's in the back of my mind, that approach was what I was kind of groping for. Like a blind man in the dark going like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I think the problem with social media is that it's so easy to see fast successes all over the place. Oh, you know, I just started this yesterday and now there's a thousand people a part of it or a hundred thousand people a part of it or whatever. And so it makes you feel like I gotta go fast, I gotta go fast, I gotta go fast. And you know, even me in my business, it's now, you know, as of December of 2022, it was valued at over a hundred million dollars. But in April of 2020, I had $400 to my name. Wow. And I like, yes, those two and a half years were wild, but I didn't get to have those two and a half years. If I didn't spend the previous two and a half years really focused on the intention and what it is that we were doing. It was a ghost town for two and a half years, and then it took off. But that's five years, right? And I think too quickly we say, yesterday I was this and today I'm that. And it's like, let's zoom out a little bit further because there was so much work prior to yesterday that went into Mm -hmm. it that got you to where you are today. And especially when you're trying to be a thought leader, I keep seeing the same message and I keep reading the same message over and over. And it's like, get your message right for one person one like just just have one persona that you're speaking to because there's so many of that same type of person rather than being all things to all people because you can't be really important and really meaningful to one person you're brilliant you deserve to be a multi-billionaire <laughs> And you deserve, and I think you'll help change the world. Honestly, I think you can be one of the top thought leaders. I think you can be like, you know, the, the female Iranian Patrick Bet David um, and, and create a, a channel for yourself, a series of books. And honestly, I'm going to do something for you that I've never done for anybody else. And I, I this is a one-time thing, so other guests don't ask for this, right? <laughs> um, but I'm going to give you the raw footage of the video. You and your team can take it and you can do, you can split it up and start putting it out there for what you do. And honestly, um, your heart's in the right place. And, um, you know, I hope that you, uh, you succeed. And I, I, I would love to be a part of your journey because I think I know exactly what to do to help get you there quicker than you would otherwise. But if not, that's all good. But if it is, honestly, you, you deserve it. You should get there and i know exactly what you need to do in order to make it happen exactly what you need to do and you're doing 90 percent of it properly already 
you know, you're coming on shows like this, you're sharing your heart, you're sharing your story. Now all you got to do is create the channel and write the book and let's put all that information out there for people on really how to start a business one-on-one, how to make it successful. All these conversations we're having about sales, like everything we said, you can take all this and turn it into like 15, 20 awesome videos right there. And it'll, you know, then you got to do it every week for the next five years. <laughs> no pressure. Exactly, right? This is, no pressure. This is the beginning of that five-year journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you write a book. You write a book every 18 months, you know? Um, and your first book, and I'm, I'm going to tell you what your first book ought to be called, okay? No is the best answer. No is the best answer. That is the name of your first. I wrote that down. I might make the episode. I might call it that. I haven't decided yet because there's a few other cool <laughs> things you've said. But I think that's the name of your first book. And you can talk about um, uh, you know, how people can, can hear the word no. And if you want to, if you want to do a version of the book, that's for women entrepreneurs, ladies know is the best answer. Amen to that. I, uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of women who don't like hearing no. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's, uh, it's very powerful. If you can get that message and that voice out, I think you're going to have a huge following. So kudos. God bless you. God bless you. Okay. So we're getting near the end of our episode, but I got two questions I want to ask you before I ask you for the, you know, the finale question that we always ask. Okay. And the first question is, how'd you have the courage to keep going when you were $400? How did you not quit? Because I'm sure that I'm sure the thought entered your mind and I'm sure there were voices around you that were saying, Hey, maybe this ain't the thing. Oh man, Nikki, that's a story too, because it was right when COVID hit and I was 39 weeks pregnant at the time as well. So God. wow, you were about to have a baby. I was a week away from having a baby and it was, I did not know how I was going to pay anything, how I was going to pay my mortgage. We didn't have a bassinet. We didn't have a car seat. I mean, my baby shower was canceled. Oh, how did I keep going? I, I, I just, at that point, I was, I, I had to make it work. You know, sometimes they say when you have nothing to lose is when you have everything to gain. And that was exactly where I was in that moment. I was in probably the worst situation I could have possibly have ever been in. And I was bringing a new baby into the world. So I, uh, yeah, I just, I had nothing to lose at that point. I'd already lost everything. You know, a lot of people in that position would have said, Hey, I'll go get a job. You know what I mean? I'll tell my, I'll tell my husband, I'll tell my, yeah. my support that you go take care of this for a while. I'm about to have a kid. Leave me alone. Right. Like, um, yeah. And you stuck it out and kudos and, and God rewarded you. Took you from 400 to a hundred million. And, um, my other question to you is if you could go back to that young lady who took a sales job in 2008, and you had one piece of advice that you would give her that would make her road, I don't want to say easier, but her, make her road clearer to her, what would that advice be? Well, let me, can I answer this in two parts? One piece of advice I'd give and then one piece of advice to make it clearer. The first piece of advice I'd give to myself back then would be calm down. It's going to work out. I was very anxious and very stressed. And I think that my heart would have been happier in the journey had I known that it was all building towards something bigger because I felt like I was 
just working to make ends meet rather than like working towards a, a bigger, greater thing. Mm-hmm. And then this, and then, so to add on to that, what I would say to also make that road smoother is I was very into YouTube and video creation and, and content back then, but I didn't have the confidence in myself and I was embarrassed. And I just wish I had more commentary, m- more of a diary, more of just understanding where I was, because I think had I gone on YouTube when I actually really wanted to go into YouTube, my goodness, like how incredible would that be right now? And uh, there was um, tons of influencers today that did start those journeys back then. And there was huge stigma around it. And now there's not. Now it's you ask children, what do you want to do when you get older? And they're like, I want to be an influencer. (laughs) I want to be a YouTuber. (laughs) And it's funny. And, And that's usually what happens, right? It's usually the thing that is going to be the next great thing starts off being stigmatized. And, you know, who do you really care about when you're dead? You care about your children. You care about your legacy of your family. And Mm -hmm. if you are doing right and honorable by them, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what the stigma of society is. Okay. So you know what your channel ought to be? What should, what should it be? It's an entrepreneur channel to be sure with a lot of good advice, all the stuff we've been talking about today, a hundred percent, but you want to aim at young women and you want to give them confidence. The whole shtick you want to do, because women are a thousand times harder than themselves than men. That's a okay. fact. That is a fact, right? Like, you'll meet my lady one of these days. I'm sure we're going to be in touch beyond this one way or another. And she is one of the most stunningly beautiful and alive. She's in my age, like, so she's not like a kid. Um and she's dropped dead gorgeous. She set three Guinness World Records for running 12 hours on a treadmill. Like 20-year-old guys turn their heads when she walks in the room. She's like so well put together, right? And guess who's the most insecure person about her looks? Of course. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I was, you know, one of my one of my really good friends who's just absolutely stunning is is going and getting a nose job. And my husband was questioning it. And I was like, you don't understand what people see in the mirror is not what we see in reality. So if your channel is really all around helping women, younger women especially, deal with confidence issues, you don't need to call it that, but it, it could be the subtext of everything that you do. And it, you could be having little conversations. You could be creating content for these young girls and saying, hey, you know what? Here's something you can do to give yourself the courage to go start something on YouTube or give yourself the courage to jump into a sales job. Give yourself the confidence. You could be thinking about and talking about that all the time. Your channel's going to blow up. It's going to blow up because there's nothing like that out there. What yeah. do you think? Yeah. What no, do you it's think? great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think you still do all your entrepreneur and all the stuff you want to do and all the great advice you want to give. But I think that could be really, really good. Anyways, Nikki's complimentary coaching service right here. On this <laughs> Thank <channel>. you. Love <laughs> it. <laughs> Keep it coming. Okay. So we like to end off each episode by asking you as our guest expert, what are your top three expert action steps? So these are like bullet point. What are your best three pieces of advice? All right. You ready for it? I'm ready. Ready to take. Oh, these are my favorite three. 
So um, I alluded to one earlier, but I didn't want to give it away. The first one and the one that I just like truly abide by is you've got to nail it before you scale it. Ooh, I like that. You like that? Uh, the second one is you need to inspect what you expect. So for example, if you want to have people take robust notes in Salesforce or whatever you know CRM you're working in, you need to go and spot check and make sure that folks are taking robust notes in Salesforce. You need to do it yourself. You need to lead by example. Um, so you have to inspect what you expect. I think too often when people leverage things to other folks, they then turn their brain off. And it's like, no, no, no. Just because you gave them this item doesn't mean that they're going to do it. And let alone, you don't even know if they're going to do it the way that you want it to be done anyways. Yeah, yeah. So um, feedback is king. And then of course, my favorite, this speaks to my sales heart. Time is the killer of all deals. Okay, say what you mean by that, because that's the only one I don't get. The other two I, I got instantly. Time is the killer of all deals. When you, I think the way that I would think about it is making things happen in the moment is the most important thing you can do. But where people lose things is they give too much space and distance between when the initial conversation happened and their follow-up. And so, or, or, or even if they say they're going to do something. So for example, if we get off the phone and I say, okay, Nikki, I'm going to follow up with ABC XYZ. The faster you follow up, the better, a better experience you're going to get. If you wait until the next day, if you wait until the next week, if you wait two weeks after and you come up with some excuse like, oh, so sorry, this was in my outbox. Uh, here, here you go. People have, they've moved on. They're thinking of three other things. And so even especially with enterprise level deals where there's so many different layers and there's so many different things that you have to follow up on. If you can stay on top of it as quickly as possible, then the likelihood that you're going to close that account is going to go up. And even just in interactions or personal interactions, or even if it's just like within yeah. your team, it is the killer of all deals. If you're trying to hire someone, if you want to recruit someone, and let's just say you wait a week before you get a response to them, they're in conversations with other people. People are people. They have their own lives. They have their own anything. So if you want to make something happen, the the yeah. the shorter of time period from when the first conversation started to when you follow mm -hmm. up, when you respond, when you get an answer, is better. Okay. From a thought leader branding perspective, can I give you a little bit of uh, kind of uh, input on these three? Because they're all they're really yeah. great. All of them are great. The first two got them the moment you set them. The last one I didn't. And I'm a pretty sharp guy. And most folks would probably go, what, what does that mean? And then you had to explain it. And that's fine in a conversation like this, but you want to have the things you say instantly get people right in the soul, right in the gut. So you need to, you need to come up with a better way to say that the time is the killer of all deals. Something like follow up quickly or lose it. You know what I mean? Something yeah. like that yeah. is way like it, it cuts right to the heart of the matter. But um, those are, those are really, really good. And I think nail it before you scale it. That could be your second book. So your first book is no is the best answer. Nail it before you scale it's your second book. There you go. I love it. I love it. So um Jacqueline, God bless you. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for um sharing your wisdom with us. Thanks for letting me uh share some of my thoughts and some of the things that you you're doing here as well. Um we're gonna make sure that we uh Put all this in the show notes and I'll reach out to you. Once my guy's done his thing with it, we'll send you the video so you can have your, your team do that as well. Um, where do you want people to go to find out more about you, more about your company, more about what you're up to? Where do we send them? So I am big on LinkedIn. So if you want to find me, it's at 
Jacqueline Samira on LinkedIn, or uh, you can find me on other channels at Howdy Jacqueline, H-O-W-D-Y-J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E. Okay. So LinkedIn. All right. Very good. Very good. Awesomeness. Listener, Jacqueline Samira is a woman of substance. She's the real deal. She's been through a lot and come out on the other side. And here's what I'm going to say. Not everybody who comes on the show says, connect with me. So you should take advantage of that. And here's the sad part. I know most of you won't, but every single one of you should. You should just go, hey, Jacqueline, I heard you on Nikki's show. I'd like to connect. Send her a couple of messages, you know? Uh, let her know. Give her some love. Show her some appreciation for what she did. And I did an episode on last week's podcast about the three forms of capital. And I talked about social capital, the power of your network. This is a woman who's worth $100 million. She just said, connect with me on LinkedIn. Every single person who's a serious business person should do that. If you're not doing that, you are basically saying, I don't need more social capital. So make sure that you do that. Whenever someone who is an accomplished, successful person tells you they're open to a connection, make the connection. Because you never know when that connection could be something that could be a benefit to you or the benefit to the causes that you care about and frankly, benefit to them. So do that. Take advantage of that. I want to double dog dare you to do that. And Jacqueline, this was really great. Hope you'll come back on the show uh, in a few months and you can talk to us a little bit about some of the things you've accomplished since we last spoke. And um, God bless your heart. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. You're awesome. Thank you, Nikki. Of course, I'd love that. Fabulous. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's amazing guest, the one and only Jacqueline Samira, go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or wherever you happen to listen to this uh, podcast, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, etc., what have you. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.